Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the audio ministry of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Schenectady, New York. For more great content, please visit us at lighthousebaptist.org. Now let's open our hearts and minds to the Word of God. kids by name. Right? It's just not a bunch of kids. These are all souls Jesus died for and it's going to use in service to him. At least I pray for that. Um, second thing I want to say is I am leaving right after the service today for Kentucky. Um, I'm going to a mountaintop down there. That's, there's no service. Uh, there's no television. There's no anything out there. Uh, it's, uh, it's too high for that stuff. So <laughs> anyways, we'll be up on the top uh, ce- celebrating uh, uh, this uh, Easter week, I guess, with with my daughter and her son and six grand and her husband and six grandkids. So uh, be praying for us as we travel. Uh, we, the RV that we travel in, has had some major problems this past week after bringing it out of mothballs. We've been uh, sleeping in it over here, but the winter played havoc on it and broke a lot of things in there that uh, we've been trying to fix to get get there and get back. So be praying for us. Now, with all of that said. I'm going to start to preach to you in just a minute, and I didn't have scripture read today because I'm going to read that myself. I knew there was a lot of things going on on Easter. On Resurrection Sunday, obviously it's a big day for us all uh, that know Jesus Christ as our Savior. But the other thing is, is though, that it is known by most of the world uh, as a celebrative day for Christians. And, and there's going to be a lot of people that are sitting home today. They, uh, they're not going to be going to church today, and a lot of them are going to be your family members. So when you leave here today, right, I encourage you to try to get to your family members either through a visitation or through phone calls or somehow get to them. I have written a track. I wrote it years ago. It's called Let Them Know. Now, they're on the back table back there. Uh, You can see Mike in the back. He's got them in his hand back there. Uh, It's kind of lengthy, but it's got the actual scripture words of Christ in the track, right, because a lot of people don't have Bibles these days. Uh, So it's it's, it's been very, very effective through the years for me. Um, Christine, um, uh, by the grace of God, helped me uh, put, put stickers on it to put the new church name on here and stuff like that. But I would, I would challenge you all to take one of these tracks, at least one or as many as you want is, is back there. Uh, and, and when you go vi- make your visitations today, try to get one of these into their hands. All right, and just tell them, I'd just like you to read it if you get a chance. Uh, my pastor wrote it. That's a good way to get it into their hands. There's other ones back there with our picture on it. If you want to take that, that's, that's okay too. But I could tell you miracle after miracle after miracle of what these tracks have done uh, as far as reaching into the hearts of people. It's nothing new. Uh, it's not, nothing new under the sun. It's just I've, I've put more of the scripture verses in there that people need to understand that they're lost and they need a Savior. Uh, so please um, take one and do that as you uh, leave here today. And I'm grateful that I have this church. I'm, I've been so blessed here. Me and my wife have been so blessed here. I can't even tell you how, uh, what we can even share with you. There's too, too much. To, there's not enough, uh, as John said, uh, books written. Uh, could write enough books to cover it all. So anyways, I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad uh, that you're celebrating with us uh, for this uh, Resurrection Sunday. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you first, I'm going to ask you to turn to Luke 24, if you would. 
I realize we're getting a little late here and that's okay, uh, but I'm going to try to give you a, a, a basic message this morning about what happened on that morning. And hopefully it'll, it'll help you as you leave this place to be challenged, uh, as you leave here to, uh, with a challenge to share your faith with others. Um, this is an amazing account of story that Luke has recorded in Luke 24. And I just saw some things here that uh, actually um, made a big difference on my witnessing, my personal witnessing that I knew that I needed to do and, uh, and why I tried to be effective in, uh, with that all the time. I, I even I made a visit to a house yesterday and uh, nobody answered the door, but I made the visit, tried to talk to them. I talked to our neighbors here yesterday and uh, opened some doors there. Um, my barber this past week, uh, there's... And there's uh, several others that I talked to, invited them to church, and uh, made some new friends, met some old friends that I hadn't seen in a while, and I was hoping they would be here this morning, but they're not. But that's okay, right? Uh, got tracks in their hands, and hopefully they'll feel my love for them, and as they should feel from all of us here in this church. So Luke 24, it says this, and I'm going to ask you if you would, only because um, it's, the Word of God is so special. And today is so special. If you just stand while we read the Word of God today in Luke 24, 1 through 12. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in. And found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, we see, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember, that's key, remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And look at verse 8. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. I love that phrase right there, and to all the rest. In other words, anybody who was in their way on the way, they were going to hear about the Lord Jesus' resurrection. And it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter, ran unto the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these people. Thank you for our salvation that was bought and paid for with your own blood. Thank you for rising yourself from the, from the dead to give us or offer us eternal life if we just repent and receive it. We can live with you forever. This is a day we celebrate that, Lord. The world celebrates that. We want to remember everything about you. We don't want to forget anything. So I hope today, Lord, will be a day uh, as we open this book and look into your heart, that our hearts would be changed forever. We'll just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. 
I've entitled this message the grand finale. I want to ask, and I forgot to ask, has anybody, have they, have they ever had uh, sunrise services here, Easter sunrise services in this church? All right, if I'm here by the grace of God and the Lord tarries, uh, I am going to have one next year. Um, I just didn't have enough time to put it together. It's a lot of work, and, uh, um, but I, 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 I want you to be a part of it. They're pretty special, especially in the Baptist realm. All right, in the, in the other realms, it's a little more, uh, you know, theatrical, but in the Baptist realm, it really takes on meaning. And, you know, this morning I was in the RV in the front, and it's pointing in a different direction this morning, and as I was doing my devotions and reading the Word of God and praying for this morning's service, the sun rises up and blinds me. I mean, literally rose right before my eyes, and it was right there, in my, and I started to cry. And it just reminded me of this day and how he was reminding me, right, uh, of what I need to be reminded of, uh, that one, two, one day, 2,000 years ago, he rose from the dead for me. So I, I, I enjoy that service in the morning. It's the hardest, one of the hardest services to re- get ready for. Here's why. Three reasons. You'll love this, right? First is, it's early. <laughs> you know, I'm awake at 5 a.m. anyway, so it's no problem for me, but for most people, the weekend on the weekend, they're not up at that time. And it's hard enough just for them to get here, let alone be here at sunrise and be awake for the message. All right? Here's the second thing. It's usually very cold. And, and who wants to get up early, dress warmly, sit in a cold parking lot to hear a message when they could just come a little later and stay warm and get in the sanctuary and hear that message? But here's the funnest one, right? And by the way, they, when, when they see us out in the parking lot in the cold weather, they think we're crazy lunatics or we're crazy in love with Jesus. I just hope it's the latter, amen? And then the last one is I'm under pressure. On an Easter or sunrise, I'm under pressure. I'm already preaching, you know, Sunday school morning, and, and it just I'm under pressure. But I've learned this, right? Uh, there's usually a delicious breakfast to follow. And that puts the most pressure of all on me. Right, because people, you don't want to mess with uh, hungry Baptists. And um, I learned you just don't mess with them. And that puts the pressure on me to be as brief as I can. And I don't like being brief. In fact, I don't know how to be brief in the pulpit. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I don't do that very well. Anybody who's been listening to me understands that. But uh, it doesn't mean that uh, you can't get a better message in a shorter version of time. But I just, that's the way I preach. But the message of the Resurrection Sunday never gets old and still makes the day very special for me, and I hope it would for you. Just watching the sunrise helped illustrate the risen sun to me. And the fact that Jesus is alive and ready to save is worth preaching anytime, anywhere, uh, to any person, in any type of weather. So my favorite part of Easter Sunday is it's the one day the world is forced. It's forced to recognize and remember Jesus. Every Sunday is like Easter to us, amen? Every Sunday is like the Resurrection Sunday. And, uh, but this day, the world has to remember who Jesus is and what Jesus did for them. Now, they may not understand it all, we understand that, but they understand that there's a, there's a Savior out there, or at least a man that calls himself a Savior, that a lot of people follow. So this is why the passage is so pertinent for the Resurrection Service. Without the Resurrection, listen to me, there's no hope. There's no hope of any redemption for anyone from the sins that we've committed, right? So you might as well just plan on heading to hell. It's getting harder and harder for the lost world to hear about Jesus, right? Who he is, what he said, what he did. He's being silenced like he's never been silenced before. 
Um, he conquered death, and on this day, the world is still forced to remember that. Right? So he's not being silenced today, and I praise the Lord for that. He rose from the dead, amen? amen? It's getting easier and easier to forget that. It's getting easier and easier to forget that. It's the most important part of our Christianity. If he stayed dead, right, our sins may have been paid for, but we had no way out of here. We could not receive the gift of eternal life. So we can only surmise what went on in the hearts of these ladies on that special morning 2,000 years ago. That key word there is in verse 6 is remember. He is not here, but it says remember. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. Think about this. What would it have been like there when they arrived at the empty tomb not remembering, not remembering what he had said? Could it get any more worse? I mean, they just watched him crucified. I preached that last Sunday. What just happened? They're bewildered. Now they go to the tomb and the body's gone. Right? Now they stole the body. I mean, I mean, it couldn't get any worse. They crucified him. Now they're stealing him. And upon being granted permission to take possession of Jesus' body after his death, Joseph, along with Nicodemus, as noticed in John 19.39, prepared Jesus for burial. You know, that was a big thing to them. So now the body's gone. And according to Jewish custom, they, they wrapped it in linen stripes, added burial, uh, burial perfumes, as uh, Michelle just uh, just saying, and, and then they laid the, the body of Jesus in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone where never man before was laid, and uh, at least they got that much recognition out of his death, and then all of a sudden he's gone. You know, just weeks ago I was, I was there in Israel at that exact spot they think he rose from the dead from. And I entered into that tomb, and I want to tell you something, there's no dead bones there. He's not there. He's alive. In fact, that's the only faith in the world where there's, he's gone. He's out of here. He was, you know, and he, he rose himself from the dead. So uh, I've got good news for you, everyone. He's, he's still not here. He's there. He's up, you know, but he's here in our hearts, praise the Lord. And he's alive and now in heaven waiting for you, all of you. So I was there in 2006 with my wife, and I remember it was a great, one of the greatest privileges I had as a pastor on that trip he said, Pastor Prime, I would like you to lead the Lord's Supper at the tomb. And, uh, and I think you know I'm kind of an emotional guy, and I wept all through it, trying to give the scripture verses, trying to say, take, eat, this is my body, and remembers for you. I did it, though. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's what? Death, till he come. In leading the service, I could barely talk because that's what the resurrection does for me and my heart. He's coming, folks. He's coming again. He came once, he's coming again, and with no resurrection, there will be no hope of his even coming again. So these women arose before dawn upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, and then they came into the sepulcher. The phrase translated as very early in the morning has a sense of at dawn. Now at dawn, this morning, uh, was 625 here in Rotterdam. I don't know if you know that. I know that because the sun hit me right in the eyes, right? 
But at 625, so they came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared. The spices may have masked the older to death, but more importantly, it was like a way of honoring the deceased back then. Still is, as a matter of fact, like bringing flowers to the gravesite of a loved one in our modern culture and time. So they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and the body of Jesus was not there. Where was he? You know, where did he go? Who took them? Scripture says when the women found the stone rolled away and the tomb empty, they were perplexed. And I think the whole world is perplexed right now. That word translated as perplexed, among other things, can have the same sense as to be at a loss. To be at a loss. So Mary, the mother of James, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and probably other Galilean women like Martha and Mary of Bethany were at that, at, at that tomb at a complete loss. At, at, at that exact moment, though, at the exact moment they're there, God sent two angels to appear unto them, asking them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Of great importance is that verb tense. It's a present tense. So he's saying, they did not ask, why seek ye who was living among the dead? Yikes, huh? Rather, why do you seek he who is now living among the dead? So the angels continued, he is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee? Do you remember that? And then referring to over in Matthew 17, 22-23, the angels quoted Jesus, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. So what did Jesus do? He did this more than once. He had foretold uh, what would happen to him many times before it came to pass. And what had happened at that moment is they had forgotten it. How often in our life when we're going through something do we forget that? That do we, have, we forget we have a living Savior that's right there at our side waiting to help us and wanting to help us and willing to help us if we just ask and allow him in. Just allow him to help us. We still do that to this very day. We forget how often in a tight situation we just forget that. We forget what he says. We got the Bible in our hands and we forget it. So throughout the Bible, God is always concerned about, now listen very carefully because this is what lays the foundation for this message. He's always concerned about his children forgetting. Always. That's one of his major concerns throughout the Bible. Deuteronomy 4.9 says, Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen. If you go to Jeremiah 2.32 in the prophets, Can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Days without number. Turn over to Second uh, Peter, if you would, to Second Peter uh, one. I got to get there myself. Second Peter one three through nine. Went back too far. It says this, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, 
giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to, and, and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus, of our Lord Jesus Christ. But look what it says in verse 9. But, if, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. What's it say? And hath what? Forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. I was sharing this morning, and I think everybody agree with me on this, you know. The more you miss church, the easier it is to miss church. I could probably take that another step farther. The easier it is to forget about church. The more you... The more you Stop praying, the less you'll pray. And the more you stop praying, the less you pray, probably the more you forget about you need to pray. The same way with the Word of God. You know, the less you are in it, uh, and the more you ignore it, the more you're going to ignore it. And pretty soon you don't know anything about it, and what happens then? You forget all about the things that He promised, these precious promises. So the world has lost the importance of the resurrection, all of the promises Christ that, that Christ gave that came with it. With all the miracles and wonders of Christ had, that he had performed, they never paid much attention when Jesus foretold of his impending death. They were just all hyped up in the, in the miracles and all the things that was going on in his life. He came once and he's coming again as promised. But the Bible says in the last days, what? Scoffers and will work or will walk after their own lust saying, where is the promise of his coming? Where is he? You say he's coming. You know, what, with, that, with that prompting of the angels, in that instance, they recalled what Jesus had said to them, and everything changed at that moment. Everything. Everything. Now, there are three thoughts here I want to give you. And we're done for this morning. And uh, I, I challenge you to celebrate this day wherever you go. Profess his name. Take a track with you. Um, talk about him. Don't eat today without thanking him. Some of you people haven't prayed out loud in a thankful prayer for your meal in, in ages. Do it. Do it. And allow him to bless you today because he will. There are three thoughts that God brings to mind that brought to my mind that should challenge us this morning regarding this event, which is the grand finale. The greatest of all events was the resurrection. Number one is this. The resurrection should challenge us to Remember the moment. Remember the moment. This was no ordinary moment. And without the resurrection, there was no moment to them for them to remember. And by the way, without the resurrection, there's no moment for us to remember either in our, concerning our salvation. It's, there's a lot about that moment. The angel said, remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of simple men and be crucified and the third day rise again. This was the grand finale moment that he was referring to that Jesus told over and over again to them. When they heard the words, they not only remembered his words, listen to me, they remembered the moment that he said them to him, to them. That exact moment they remembered and it came back. So how many of you remember the moment you were born again? The moment 
that you were born again. It was no ordinary moment, am I right? In fact, uh, there was no moment in your life like that moment when the, finally that proverbial light bulb went off in your head and you says, wow, mm -hmm. right? I, you repented and you asked and he came and you just all of a sudden understood it. And, and it's like, hallelujah, the choir, hallelujah chorus, right? It goes off in your head and your mind. I remember when I got saved, I fell down on my face. Right? And to the ground and started weeping. I couldn't talk for hours. I was, in fact, it was at 2 in the morning. I don't remember getting up off my face for, for a couple hours, just crying out to him and thanking him for what he did. There was no moment, if there's no moment in your life like that experience, listen, you're not saved. You're not saved. For the truly born-again child of God, they can always remember when it finally made sense. Right? When it finally made sense and that light bulb goes off and you just know it. It's like, no, I am saved. And then you start to feel it as God moves into you and into your heart and you know that he's there. And all of a sudden the doubt goes away and the fears go away and all of a sudden you know you're saved. You're 100% for sure that you're saved. And you're not afraid to open your mouth and, and, mouth and confess that you're saved because now you know it. Right? The Word confirmed it. This was the moment you found new life in Christ. This is the moment darkness turned into light. This is the moment you finally understood. This was the moment you really fell in love with God for the very first time. That's the resurrection moment God wants all of us to remember. If you don't remember that moment, you were probably not saved. i got to be careful how I say that because I don't know Holy Spirit works differently in a lot of different ways but the resurrection challenges us to always remember the moment that your dead sin cursed soul was resurrected into a new living life in christ and this is the only moment for each of us that is greater in fact i, I thought about this when i wrote this this is only one this is the only one moment for each of us that is greater than when christ rose from the dead that's the moment he rose in your heart Right? When he was resurrected in your dead heart. Amazing, isn't it? What happened here? I lost my points here. Right in, right in the middle of everything. It's the moment of your redemption. Right? The resurrection was the greatest moment in all of history, but the greatest moment in your history is that moment of redemption. It was the moment you found relief. Right? You, you, you got saved. No more fighting against God. It was the first time you generally felt the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It was a moment of removal, right? The doubt was gone. The confusion was cleared up. The desire was satisfied. You knew you were saved. Uh, you know, the, the women were much perplexed, but they shouldn't have been if they had remembered what he said. You see, the greatest moment of all time was right before him. This was the moment of victory, the, the victory of all victories. Do you remember the moment Jesus spoke to your heart? I remember that moment like no other moment. If you're born again, you do, because that's the greatest moment of your life. And I pray if you're not born again, today would be the moment that you give your life to Christ before you walk out of these doors today. So just when they thought all hope was gone, here he was alive again, risen from the dead, and he's still alive, my friends. The, the resurrection challenges us to remember the moment. Secondly is this. 
The resurrection challenges us to return with the message. Right? It challenges us to walk out of this place today and take that message to other people. Once they remembered the moment, they returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the leaven, and I love that phrase, and to all the rest. And to all the rest. So when the shepherds returned, remember, at the birth of Christ, they glorified and praised God for all, for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. In other words, they went away just praising God and telling everybody about it. I remember when I got saved, I went right back in. I had a business and I had employees. I went right in. I didn't know a thing about what had just happened to me. I just knew I was saved. I went right back in and tried to win all my employees to the Lord. Uh, one of them got saved and one of them has been with us ever since. When the woman at the well returned, what did she say? Remember when she returned back to her hometown? She said, come see a man which told me all things that I ever did, that, I, that ever I did. When the leper was healed, do you remember him? He returned home and he couldn't contain himself. He began to, what it says in the Bible, blaze abroad what had happened to him. And a huge revival happened. So everyone needs to hear the message of, the salvation, of salvation. Therefore, everyone saved needs to take that message to those waiting to hear it. All these things were told to all the rest. I love that statement, right? They didn't stay at the empty tomb. They weren't mesmerized, you know, about anything uh, that had happened. They didn't just slowly walk away. They, they just ran, just rejoicing with the news they had. They quickly returned with the good news to everyone that would listen to them. We should, we should be the same way. We should be so excited about what we have and that we can share with others. I remember the very moment I got saved. I remember this when this message burned within my heart, opened my blind eyes. I remember that. It was like stepping out of death into, uh, and darkness into the light. And the very next day, right, I was a, like a new man. I, I couldn't even believe what had happened. Born again. So we have to remember that the empty, dark, and cold tomb is still there. But he is not. And too often we just hang around in that tomb. We don't stay at the empty tomb when we're born again because there's nothing there anymore to stay about or to sorrow about. We were new creatures with a new message and a new hope. And we should want to tell everybody that we see about the good news. And if there's anyone in here this morning that's unsaved, listen, every Easter should remind you, don't stay in the darkness of your past. You know, you chose this day to come because it's one of the days that family gets together and there's going to be meals and all of that stuff. But this is the day that the Lord has brought you in here just so you could hear this good news. We now live, uh, we now live in his risen light. Right? So we know what the future is going to bring uh, because of Jesus Christ. If you're not saved, you, you're not sure what's going to happen. We want you to know for sure. When you have good news, you don't keep it to yourself, just like you wouldn't keep a flashlight from someone that's lost in a dark cave. And some, on you, some of you may be here because you were invited here because they're worried about your salvation. They're worried if you are truly saved, and they, they just want you to be saved. So listen, don't hang around that dark tomb. You can start celebrating today, amen? It matters Little where you came from, what you did, all that matters after receiving Christ is who you have now and where you're headed.
So we don't worship the empty dark tomb that we came out of. We worship the one who conquered that death and that darkness of that tomb. That's the good news that we're to remember and then return home with if you've been born again. It's good news, amen? He's alive. You can be born again, risen from the dead, just as he promised, as he said. So we are to live this message day in and day out. This area needs you, by the way. And probably like no other area, it's a melting pot right here in the Northeast. Worst place in the whole United States. That's what they tell us. So the resurrection changes us and challenges us to remember there was a moment your eyes were open, that your eyes can be open, and they were open. The resurrection challenges us to return with that message to anyone who listen. And lastly, and we're through, the resurrection cha- uh, challenges us to rejoice in your miracle. I don't know about all of you, but I believe in miracles. I'm not charismatic. You're not going to see me jumping around here talking in tongues or anything like that. I'm just telling you, I've seen miracles. And I've seen a lot of them. And they're usually not these great, uh, like, theatrical things that are out there. That It's usually just something that comes in the still, small voice of God and shows you something to remind you that you have a Savior that's still concerned about you, still cares about you. This was no ordinary moment. This was no ordinary message, and this was no ordinary miracle. You know why? Because this was your miracle. He rose from the dead for you. Every one of you. Every one of you. With no resurrection, there's no miracle for us to enjoy and no Messiah for us to trust in. He did this for us. He did this for you. And no one has ever brought themselves back from the dead. No one can save themselves from the consequences of their sin and the surety of death. No one. But he can. You know, for by grace are you saved through faith, uh, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You're gonna be, there's no boasters in heaven. The only one we're boasting on in heaven is Jesus. That's it. There's no boasting in heaven, but there are joyful celebrations. Every time one sinner gives his life to Christ and receives him as, as their Savior, receives, they get eternal life, and all of heaven rejoices over that. I, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. You know, Matthew's account tells us that, and they re- departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring the disciples' word. They had great joy. They departed quickly with great joy. They could not contain themselves. I want to tell you something. You get saved here today, I'm not going to be able to contain myself. They had to tell the others about Jesus, and we have to do the same. I want people to be, have that joy that I have. Amen? I just want them to have it. That should never be forgotten, never kept to yourself, because that's a miracle that they can have. And that's a miracle that, that we can bring their way by sharing them the gospel. So that's the miracle moment your Savior brought, bought you with a price, a price you could not pay. That's the miracle moment your Savior brought you back from the dead, something you could not do. And that's the miracle moment you finally found peace and you received that uh, relief from that guilt. 
So celebrating the birth of Jesus is a wonderful time of the year, but the resurrection is the miracle moment you can participate in personally and celebrate it personally with Jesus Christ. I wrote these last things and I'm done. It's the grand finale of everyone's faith. You know, when, when Jesus said it was finished, he knew that all was now completed and ready for the grand finale. He just knew that all he had to do was raise himself from the dead and he could offer salvation to every lost soul on planet Earth, past, present, future, everybody. And everybody was going to hear about it. Nails didn't hold him on that cross. No, it did not hold him on the cross. And the grave couldn't keep him in the ground. So he conquered the cross. He rose himself from the dead, all because of his great love for you. And all you have to do is believe him and receive it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That whosoever is you. Put your name in there. You know what the resurrection does? Here's a couple things to think about. If you're unsaved here, listen closely. The resurrection challenges us to remember your moment. Do you have one? Do you remember the moment you were saved? You should. If you don't, Listen carefully. You can. The resurrection challenges you to return with a message. His message should be your message. Is it your message? Share the greatest gift you could ever share. Have you done that? And the resurrection challenges you to rejoice in your miracle. So the resurrection was a miracle done for you. Have you experienced the miracle? Because the greatest miracle of this day is Christ in you. So the truth is, no matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done until this point, right now, he can restore you and revive your life. And he can give you new life. That's the resurrection. That's what the resurrection did. And that's what the resurrection of Jesus Christ can still do to this day. In other words, he'll remove all your doubts. He'll relieve all your fears. And he can restore all of your dreams if you'll just give your life to him. These are the irrefutable, infallible truths, the certainties that can be yours just for the asking. So one minute with Jesus is far better than a lifetime without him, amen? amen? And one second of assurance from Jesus is better than a lifetime of doubt and fear without him. Amen. So let's leave here remembering the moment, returning with the message, rejoicing in the miracle. So in closing, all you have to do is repent of your sins, reach out to him. Repent means just turn from your unbelief and turn to him. Reach out to him for salvation Receive him as your savior. That's it. Now, um, how, did, how does that happen? You ever think about that? I, I haven't shared with this before, uh, but I, I think you need to know how, how do you come to that point, right? Well, the, uh, the first thing is, is that uh, there has to be a regretful admission. I, I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong. All these people are trying to save me and trying to tell me this truth. I was wrong. It's a regretful admission, right? I'm a sinner. I know that now. You know, I deserve hell. I have no right to be saved. I don't deserve anything, uh, apart, uh, especially heaven or apart from anything else, uh, to be forgiven or anything else. I don't deserve any of that. So it's a regretful admission, isn't it? But it's also a reversal of direction, right? What's that mean? Well, Lord, you were right. I was wrong. You're right. I've changed my mind. 
my way hasn't worked. I know I'm headed in the wrong direction, so I've decided to reverse my direction. That's called repentance. And I'm going to follow you by faith. And then lastly, there's a righteous intention. Yeah, there has to be. I want you. I definitely want you, Lord. Yes, Lord, I want to follow you. Yes, Lord, I accept you and, and your righteousness as the righteousness I could not achieve for myself. Romans uh, 10, 9 through 13, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth, right, unto righteousness, righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In other words, you, you can't help it. You just, you just cry out to him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I will now do what you want me to do. It's a righteous intention, right? I'm calling out to you to save me and give me this eternal life that you offer me. Now listen, is there anybody here that that's you? Simply believe him and receive him. And then the gift of eternal life comes your way by faith. You have to believe it by faith. You say, preacher, that's it. Lost soul, yes. That's it. The thief on the cross said, just remember me. Just remember me when you get into paradise. So with head bowed now, Heads bowed, eyes closed, hearts open. Admit to Jesus right now you're a sinner. No way to save yourself if you're not saved. From the, just admit to him, right? Your sin debt has to be paid by you, and Christ did pay that sin debt for you. You were separated from God, headed to hell. He wants to unite with you again and bring you to heaven. And acknowledge that Jesus paid your sin debt. Just acknowledge it. Be honest with God and just say, I, I know now. I know that I can't save myself. I know that you're the only way I can be saved. And then finally accept him by faith. Just accept him and tell him, I want you. I want the free gift that you offer me. I've been fighting this too long. And then just ask him to save you. Listen, if you'll sincerely pray right now for Jesus to save you from your sin and receive him as your savior, you will be safe and secure in his family, now and forever. If you're saved, remember the moment. If you're unsaved, make this your moment. If you're saved, return with the message when you leave here. If you're unsaved, accept the message right now. If you're saved, remember your miracle. If you're unsaved, your miracle could happen right now. What do I do, preacher? Cry out to him. It's not, a, it's not actually the, my prayer that I lead you with that saves you, but you can say something like this, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know now I need you as my Savior. And right now, with what little faith I have, I'm asking you to come into my life and save me. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, who I'd raise hand would say, I just asked Jesus to save me. I just said yes to Jesus. Come into my life and save me. Anybody here in this sanctuary by the raised hand, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to say amen. Anybody at all? Just cried out to Jesus, said, I want you to save me. 
I don't want to be lost anymore. I want you to move in. I want you to resurrect in me. Give me new life. Anyone at all by the raised hand, I'm not going to say amen. Anybody at all? Anybody uh, that's watching in on FaceTime? You can do it right there. You can give your life to him right there. You don't need me. You just need him. And for the rest of us here that are saved, we got a work to do yet. But for the moment, let's celebrate. Let's just celebrate what he did. What he did for us. Hear the bells ringing, they're singing that you can be born again. Hear the bells ringing, they're singing Christ is risen from the dead. The angels up on the tombstone said he has risen just as he said. Quickly now go tell his disciples Jesus Christ is no longer dead. Joy to the world, he is risen. Hallelujah, he's risen. Hallelujah, he's risen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We hope that message was an encouragement to you. To stay up to date with us, please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC Schenectady. If you would like more information on how heaven can be your home, please visit lighthousebaptist.org slash the gospel.